episode of Headless Gamers and today we are going to be talking about a game that I just played for the first time. Headless B had played it before uh, called oh just once. Just once. Oh I didn't know that. You talked about it a lot of times so I thought you had played it a lot more. I had spent a lot of time looking at the design blog mm-hmm. and I had watched some videos of a demo you know oh, okay. the guy trying it for the first time and I was very excited about it. Okay. All right. Well, the game we're talking about uh, today is A Billion Suns. It's a Billion, a, Suns. A billion Suns, right? Yes. Not The Billion Suns. A Billion Suns. A Billion Suns, uh, which is a miniatures-based uh, space combat game. Mm-hmm. And is there's no map, and you can bring whatever. They don't have a miniatures line, right? right. Or, do, or do they? Do you know if they have a miniatures there's line? There's no miniatures line. No miniatures line. All right. That we're aware of, anyway. Maybe they... No, there's none. No, there's none. Okay. Uh, so it's just a rule book with rules for space combat game that you can bring whatever miniatures you want to it. And I know Headless B has talked to me about this many, many times. You have. You've been looking at me strange. Yeah, I was but very excited. Yes, you've been very excited about this game. And I will tell you my... my um, it's one of the few games I've like pre-ordered. Oh, really? Yeah. It was printed in England. I actually, It's funny. I actually ordered this game before covid Mm-hmm. Right, and it was just about to be, you know, maybe delivered in March twenty twenty, or so, and then COVID happened, mm-hmm. and it delayed the production, and they decided that they'll just use the time to improve it. Right, mm-hmm. they did a lot of the guy that Mike Hutchinson is the designer, who also did Gaslands, mm-hmm. and he comes from like it seems like he comes from like a computer programming background, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's very very big into versions and all notation and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And he had a lot of like playtesting going on. And we could just be really like good at being good editor too, or something. Well, you know. but but he talks about oh the you know, software. Oh. And like it, it actually the design blog itself is very interesting to read. There's a lot of good things on it. Okay, all right. Well, let's uh, let me get back a little bit to the basics mm-hmm. of what the game is, and then we can go into that a little more again. But that game is. So it has its own universe, right? It's got its own universe history, or or well, it's very light on fluff. Mm-hmm. So the rulebook itself has very little um, background, but the timeline mentioned in the beginning does match the timeline in his other game, Gaslines. Oh, okay, <clears throat> but uh, there's not like it's not it's not like a lot of other games where there's a whole bunch of paragraphs and stories and stuff. There's just little italicized little side sidebars. And, little snippets of of what's going on all right all right well i'll I'll give my impression of the overall mechanics of the game kind of what high level it is and then we'll go into our opinions of it what i thought of it and what headless b uh thought about it i uh i I thought you'd played it more than once actually so uh, interesting to see what you thought about our our game and then we'll go over some uh strategies that we think might be good to do in the game uh that will be heavily disclaimered that <laughs> i've only played the game once so uh but we're both really experienced gamers in general so we'll have some thoughts that you can you know take it with a grain of salt because we've only played this game a couple you know a couple times for headless b and once for me and uh then after that we'll wrap up so all right so as far as the game overall uh, the theme we talked, uh, you know, it's kind of light on theme, as Headless B said. Uh, the artwork on it is very nice. I think it does. A, it gives a high, hard sci-fi kind of feel to the vibe of it. Your ships that you have, so they give you a ship list that you can purchase ships from as you're playing the game. They're sort of genericized, I would say. They're they're absolutely genericized. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as my fleet is really different than your fleet unless you do the campaign stuff mm-hmm. uh which we didn't everyone draws from like a corvette is a corvette mm-hmm. is a corvette regardless of who has it mm-hmm. and it sort of goes into the theme of the thing where mm-hmm. you are each player is the ceo of this part of the their operation it could be any kind of company that you make up and everyone is basically an independent contractor mm-hmm. you, you hire these ships to come and do in do the, the 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 contract and fulfill mm-hmm. it. All right. So the ships that are that are on your fleet are 
really in a way not even yours yeah. they're just right. hired guns that uh, you've you've hired as uh, to come in and do a job for you yeah. and as we said it's a miniatures game rulers bring your own miniatures dice you need lots of different sided dice right it uses d6s d12s d8s anything d12. else d10 yeah. d6 to d12 d6 to d12 okay uh, all right, so any, anything else as far as kind of overview of the game that you think would be useful? It's The scale of it can vary, so it can be from small skirmish actions to yeah. large fleet actions. And you're playing scenarios uh, also to try to get a certain amount. Basically, in, your victory points is your profit, yeah. and whoever ends with the most is the winner. Right. Um, the sort of inventive thing that Headless B was always seemed excited about was was the freeform nature of the beginning of the game that you both sides start out at zero. You start with zero forces and zero money and you're doing the contracts to try to earn money, but you're also spending money on your forces. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're buying your ships and bringing them in. To tr and basically the more you spend on your fleet, the more of your victory points you've spent and the more chance you're going to lose, except that you can use those fleets to complete the missions and get victory points. So you're trying to look for the sweet spot on what to bring in just enough for you to win and not so much that uh, maybe you crush the other guy's fleet, but you spent so many re so much money doing it that it was a totally losing proposition for your company. Right, using, using, victory, using like your money as victory points, you start off... At a deficit. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to earn your way out of the hole, right? But it also means that in, in because you can requisition, that's the term, to, uh, ships into the game at any on any turn, um, it means that unlike most sort of spaceship games, you don't really design your fleet in advance, mm -hmm. right? And the typical thing is you might not even know what scenario you're playing because the scenario is basically composed of three different victory conditions that are decided at the time you start playing right, right before you you do anything yeah and i, I def, that was definitely something that struck me playing it is that you yeah you do not come to that game with any kind of built force which a lot of times you think about especially starship miniature games mm -hmm. you're going to build your force and come to the table with it uh this you know i it's not it's not like this, but it's the closest thing I can think of to compare it to. But it's sort of in a way like a deck building mechanic, right? Where it's you are building your force as the game goes on, right? That's it's not the same feel at all in this to that as far as actual execution. But it's sort of in the same you know game mechanic space, right? Of that you you can't think about it too much before the game because there's so much that develops during the play that affects what force you're going to build. Uh, that you are reacting to things that are happening real time instead of pre-planning for them, really. I think that was a really creative way to describe it, oh. like to, to a deck-building game. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like in a deck-building game, you um, you don't have any assets, mm -hmm. or you have very few. Or to start with, right, yeah. Right, and you add those <laughs> assets as, as you require them, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but then you know what's in your deck. Just like this, you start off with no fleet, mm -hmm. and as the victory components like mm -hmm. present themselves and your opponent does whatever they do then you build your assets that's and that's also where some of the difference is because a lot of the deck building games you're not you are deck building in a situation that's not as directly opposed to the other player mm -hmm. a lot of the time mm -hmm. right you're you're both grabbing resources from like a similar pool or something but a lot of times it's your confrontation with them is not as direct and in, in this game it's a lot more direct so you're it's a lot more affected by what the other person is doing mm -hmm. um i actually now that i think about it, i'd be really interested to see how this game played with like three or four people mm -hmm. uh i could see it, it having some really interesting interactions uh with that all right well yeah that's that's sort of the the overview of what it is let me get to some of what my initial thoughts were of it just like last time we uh when we talked about marvel champions last time uh had you speak first since you were newest to it i will speak first since i'm newest to this although um barely barely <laughs> but you knew about this you've like read the rules yeah. and you explained it to me and everything so all right so my initial impression so first of all, let me get before initial impression even. Let me talk a little bit about what my expectations were going in because as we have said multiple times now, you, you were excited about this game before and you've, you, and you've brought this game up to me 
Let's play. Uh, a lot of a play? lot of Let's times. Play. A lot of times. <laughs> a lot, a lot of times. And we, actually, the description of it to when you described it to me, honestly, I it sounded like a little too freeform to be good, right? Because <laughs> I've played games before that were very, and, and some of them being role-playing games or other things, right? Where they try to really give you a lot of ability to sort of create the narrative of the game yourself. And you were really excited about this CEO aspect and that you, you there's no fixed fleet that you're coming with. You, you pay for it as you're going. And you said, you know, I remember you were excited about that. Well, I was and, excited because I thought it was so interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Is that there's sort of an escalating self-balancing thing that mm-hmm. happens. Like, well, you bought three more points worth of stuff. I'm going to, oh, maybe I got to buy three more points worth of stuff. And so the, the, the game could be very small, mm-hmm. right? But it could escalate out of control. Too, yeah, right, right. And I right. thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So that's, to me, my initial thoughts on here, after hearing you describe it, I kind of thought like, well, it sounds like it could be interesting, but I, because I've had experience with other games that were trying to be super open-ended and I thought they didn't, you know, I hadn't run into one yet that didn't have a very structured sort of rules set that, you know, with the, like, here's your forces and, mm-hmm. you know, things that tended to have really, really open-ended on what your forces were. I hadn't, I hadn't had not played one that I had liked before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought this one, I was basically, I wasn't as excited about it as you were because I didn't think it, they'd be able to pull it off, right? I was like, that, okay, that sounds like that's going to be a nightmare, right? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it's going to be like what you just described at the end where it's like, oh, well, just both, you're going to spend like crazy and it's, there's no end to it and my, one guy's going to bring a force that's totally overmatching the other guys and it's, and it's just going to not, you know, when the, the self-balancing aspect that you just talked about wouldn't be enough to regulate it, right? And it would just be like a, I was I was concerned it would be a bad game basically mm-hmm. right is kind of how I went into this and I like I like science fiction games we were, we have a Headless B and I both have a really long history of playing lots of different science fiction games we've played lots of the current ones that are out there I played Star Wars Armada Star you know Star Wars Attack Wing a lot of the Star Trek Attack Wing games the Starfleet Battles from you know ages past Federation Commander like all the all these different starship games that we've played with strategic and uh operational uh that was the other thing too this sounded from your description like it was also somewhat strategic with a mix of the operational so i wasn't sure how that was going to work uh so that's kind of how i went into it uh playing the game I, as far as starting out the the setup is going to depend a lot i guess on your <laughs> on your collection Right, because because there's no ships or anything that come with it, you kind of bring your own. Um, I used a lot of figures from other games. I have, you know, got some good use out of my old Battleship Galaxies game <laughs> ships, uh, which actually are pretty good for this. But if you're having to, you know, it was a little bit of a chore to me at this point because we had to like pull together a bunch of ships from different games to have enough to be able to cover the eventualities that would come up. So, but, you know, if you were ready for doing it, like I knew I was going to get really into this and set something up that I got, these are my ships for this game, then that goes away, right? So that was maybe a little bit of a con to me is that there's not a, you know, there's no like box for this game that's got all the stuff in it that you need, right? On the the pro side of that is that all you got to buy is a book, right? You don't have to pay $100 for a box set of a bunch of miniatures and things like that. And again, I hope I'm not misspeaking that there's some things that are available for this that I don't know of. I'm, you know, you, you are more familiar with the game mm-hmm. than, than I am. Yeah, there, there aren't. Mm-hmm. It's a, a lot of the other ones that they publish, mm-hmm. um, the Osprey, I think, mm-hmm. they're, they're like that. I mean, they're not all like that, but anyways, Mike Huck- Hutchinson's other game doesn't have miniatures either. They use Hot Wheels for <laughs> things like that for that game. Yeah, which, you know, to some people, you, know, you might you might like that. Other people might not like that. They don't want to have it all sort of and for different reasons, right? Some people might want to be provided specific things so they have the theme to go with it that mm-hmm. they can really get into. Other people might want to have that just for the ease of the, oh, well, it's in this box. I take this box out and I'm ready to play and I don't have to cobble together a bunch of other stuff. 
Uh, but other people like the freedom of being able to use, you know, other miniatures, whatever miniatures they want to have available. They think, ah, oh, I really like these ships. I really want to use these. And, you know, I don't want to use those figures for this. And you'll get to get to do that with this game. Yeah, anything we do. But people have posted up things like having Lego fleets and stuff, which actually isn't necessarily that easy. <laughs> right? You need a lot of Legos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and try to be consistent. And, like, you usually want the same colors, for example. <laughs> You don't have to. Whose yellow block ship is this? <laughs> okay, so that was my my sort of initial experience on as we were getting set up. The it was a little hard for me to to follow some of the initial direction because there would seem like there was a lot of things going on. I mean, one of the things that made it seem like there's a lot of things going on to me at first is the objectives, right? Because you three you have three different objectives. You have to you have to spend some time understanding what those are and how you accomplish them what the the turns the turn sequence is actually pretty simple uh, i don't know for some reason it it's felt a little complex to me at first when i was trying to learn you know learn the sequence of how things worked but it's actually simple once you get it maybe like most things the game itself as far as mechanics seemed not like the rule book's pretty short and you were looking in it most of the time but i actually by the time we were finished was picking up looking for a couple things and I found them pretty quickly and it's, it's pretty short. So my impression is it's actually fairly well put together. I don't, you know, maybe after playing it a bunch of times and find more fact type questions that I would have, but pretty much for the most part, all the questions that we had, I was able to get answers to right away and everything seemed pretty clear. I think it's a pretty clean system and pretty elegant. The, th- the thing with the sort of genericized ships, it reminded me a bit of is, um, a bit like full thrust uh and what's that other there's another game well there's a there's a couple other games along those lines where it's also you're bringing your own ships and having your own um stat blocks for them that are sort of genericized i did i did like in this game that they you know they put a little bit of the that you know what the weapons are right instead of the weapons weapons being just numbers it's mm-hmm. like you know this is turbo lasers this is a rail gun uh, I do like that it at least has that amount of fluff so that you can mm. picture something like what is this that I'm firing at this other guy mm. and you know instead of it just being dice so I thought that was good so that that was kind of my initial experience on learning the game and picking up some of the things and once we got going and after we'd done the first mm-hmm. turn basically I to- I got it I totally got it so it it just there was a it felt like the because the game is so different as far as like you're not bringing a force and you're having to kind of buy things as you're starting out and then you so you that forces you to have to explain the victory conditions at the beginning instead of sort of at the end and how you accomplish them it's like you have to sort of learn that first so it was a little backwards, backwards yeah. there's a little backwards learning and because of that having to learn the fact that there's three different scenario victory conditions and learning all those at the same time also, I think that's what made it seem complicated is because... Well, it, I do think that, that the scenario setup is complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not, again, you're not, one, you're not picking one. Mm-hmm. You've got three different objectives like you, you mentioned, mm-hmm. right? The other thing is that it's random, so you can't really be ready for it, mm-hmm. right? And thirdly, there's, um, so there's something I got. There's a third party printed a set of cards that sort of uh, replaces the normal scenario generation system in the book. Uh, The book uses a standard 52 card uh, thing. You draw face cards and that determines what the objectives are. But what I found was I thought that the, the cards that I bought would simply substitute for the face cards. But what it turns out is they don't Uh, because I still had to, to draw the face cards, <laughs> right? Because there's there's limitations on like you can't have the same suite and this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Same suit, you mean? or suit? Mm-hmm. Same, sorry, same mm-hmm. suit. And those cards don't tell you what suit they are, mm-hmm. so you can't just draw from the those. deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to actually draw the deck from the deck, build it, and then you can use those cards to remind you. I mean, it's nice that it it gives you a reminder of what what the scenario is, right? But they don't help with the generation of the, the situation. Yeah, I, I will say that at the beginning when we were 
like finally kind of wrapping up the did the three scenarios and going over that I, I was thinking in my head I was like why is this why isn't this just like one scenario or two scenarios why is there got to be three you know especially at first that that seemed to be making the learning a, a little harder than it needed to be but once we started playing I will say I, I did really I mean it's integral to the game there being these multiple things that you're trying to do like just one I think would really change the character mm -hmm. of the game and the, the three different objectives sometimes can also create extra maps that you have to play on because yeah and that's it, unusual yeah right? that's that is unusual um you can and because the maps will basically be joined by you jumping in because you have this jump mechanic where you jump into the map or you create a jump point and you jump in within these the distance of it having the multiple maps uh is not as is not as odd or different as you think again that was something at the beginning when i saw that i was like uh why that just seems like just complication for no reason but it made a big difference in our game as to like your ability to move from one place to the other and those places being divided and having the different contracts with their different objectives being maybe on different maps, depending on how you set them up, because you have some control over how you set things up at the beginning. You can spread things out amongst mm -hmm. the different maps. It really added a lot to the tactical options you could do during the game based on those scenarios. And the fact that some of them add maps and some of them don't, it really it does add a lot to the, to the game, I thought. You know... There, like I said, there isn't a lot of fluff written into the, into the book, but there is sort of fluff built into the game mechanics. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of an interesting universe where you just call in ad hoc resources, you know, at any time. Yeah. That, that's a unique thing. The, having the scenarios determine how many different maps that you're playing on and being able to jump from one sort of one theater to the next yeah. in the same war is also very interesting, right? It's, it makes... It tells you something about how the universe is. Right? Yeah, and I did feel, you know, the whole CEO thing, too, when you described to me before we played, I thought it sounded kind of odd, too, right? It's like, what's that going to be like? And you're right. right. You're, you're right, though. The, the mechanics of the game do really directly feel like they are adding into the fluff of the of the game itself, right? Mm -hmm. the The fact that you are going, you know, you're buying ships and it's taking out of your victory points, essentially, but it's, you know, taking out of your money, right? So, mm -hmm. which is your victory points. But the fact that you know, you're going negative on money and you're like, oh, how, how negative am I going to go here? I got to make sure we end positive if possible, but definitely more money than the other corporation lost. It really, it really did add to the feel in a good way. And I think, you know, there's definitely some, some real elegance in the way that that game is is portraying this sort of star battle between these corporations that's revolving around money and it does a really good job on forcing you to try to think about what is the minimum amount of stuff I can get away with to accomplish this which is really different it's a really different thing than most other war games right um and that's you know what this this is even though it has sort of a race mechanic in a way of a, you're trying to have a victory point mm. total that is you know going up or down and you're trying to accomplish objectives to get it get it as high as possible, but you are directly in conflict with other people while you're going along the way, and that's really unusual because most and, it, and it's contrary to mostly you know military theories of you know mass and maneuver bring the maximum amount of pressure that you can to the point of attack. I mean, you'll still want to do that in this that you can, but you're really limited by, well, do I really want to bring another squadron that's going to cost me an extra yeah. couple bucks? Well, right? and, and, you know, that makes it your strategic decision. Yeah. Right? Does it serve my purpose? Because there's nothing that says you can't build, bring an overwhelming force, mm -hmm. right? But you're making, you're making the judgment that, you know, I want to be the lowest bidder. Right, right. <laughs> Well, and there's certainly an amount of, and, and it does this really well. And this is a part I was scared it wasn't going to be able to do. And it does this part really well. And maybe when somebody first plays, and I think you said your first game, maybe you ran into this, but mm -hmm. the, where if your, your opponent needs to realize and you need to realize that there's a, like, wait a minute, there's only so many victory points on this board. Mm -hmm. And if I may, and this is where the basic 
elegance of this comes into play, the balancing thing is that, and I'd really be curious to see how this works with more than two people playing, mm -hmm. right? Well, but, we should do that. Yeah, but there's, there's basically a spread that if you exceed that spread of the amount of victory points on the board and your opponent realizes it, all they have to do is stop spending money and they win. Yes. Right? And that, that is, a, is a real elegant driver for you to control your spending. Mm -hmm. And as long as everybody realizes that, now it can be, you can have that, and I think you said in your first game that somebody didn't realize that, right? And they just come in like, well, oh, I wanna, actually, they, I, they I didn't care ship. is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> they realized that they just wanted to lose. <laughs> well, they just wanted to blow stuff up. Okay. Right? <laughs> Maybe not the game for them then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, though, to be serious, that's probably, if you like this game and you want to have good games of this, uh -huh. then you probably don't want to play against somebody like that. Because they're just going to come in and be like, well, I'm just going to buy whatever whatever is the amount for me to get military victories. And you're going to be, well, all right, I win. Because <laughs> yeah. I just built enough to upset him enough to build, you know, waste more ships and come in and not actually be able to. It, it's true. You have to, yeah. You both have to be, or however many players, mm -hmm. have to agree that you're really playing to the objective of the <laughs> game. Right? I guess that's true of just about any game, though. <laughs> You start playing uh, checkers with somebody and they're like, I don't care about how many jumps I get. All I want to do is move my guys over to this part of the board. <laughs> okay. Uh, probably not a good game of checkers. Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> I think, and then with the three different objectives too, I think that, that really helps the repeatability of the game, helps give the game a real balance of what you're able to you know, achieve, like if it was only one objective, because in our game, I know like the fact that there was the three different objectives and they were in three different locations generally, I mean, some of them were in similar areas from how we'd set it up. Uh, but you have, you, this game is really, really tying you to your resources, your different kinds of resources you have, because you also have command resources that are limited every turn. And that's limiting how much you can move things around and boost your units with special orders and things like that. And all of that really plays off well with the three different objectives and the limits on like, well, I can, and there's the least ones we had, some of them were very time limited. So it's like, well, I got to get this one early first mm -hmm. for me to get the most points out of it. It's not going to be worth anything after two turns. Mm -hmm. Which is, which is another thing that uh, surprised me, right? Is, you know, I, I'd recently just unrelated to this was thinking about a game like Fifth Frontier War, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a game that you can play for months. You know, with lots of turns. But uh, I'm not sure how many turns we played in A Billion Suns today, mm -hmm. but it might have been like three or four turns. Yeah, no, it wasn't very, It wasn't that many. I, I Yeah, so you, you there's a lot of action that happens in just one turn. Yeah, uh, three turns, I think. Yeah. I think it was three turns. So, and, you know, it took us... Now, it was longer than it would have been because you had to explain a lot to me right and and i was i was shaky on the rules yeah too, so. and we had to we had to read stuff and it took took a while so uh i'd our game took a, probably like three and plus we had to go get the figures and set up and everything so uh realistically it probably took two hours i think we did we did three hours with the setup and finding things and stuff like that but it went pretty fast and uh, i could see that you know playing larger scale games are taking longer and with multiple people taking longer but it seemed very doable and a you know have a complete kind of experience in a few hours you know assuming you weren't having to go scrounge up figures and stuff like we were but uh yeah the time frame seemed seemed good and yeah you're right it's even from the very beginning because you're having to decide how much money to spend on this right it's you feel even though you don't have that many units on the board maybe at the beginning you're but you're immediately making important decisions. Yeah. You know. If you can, for example, try to accomplish more than one objective uh, objective with a single unit of ships, a single battle group. You know, right. You want yeah. to try to do stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And and you could and that's where some of the elegance of economy of force that you're basically having mm -hmm. to do with this game that you think about is all right, so once you see the situation laid out and you're gonna figure, okay, am I gonna send my ships over here and try to grab this objective? And then if the other guy, you have to react because maybe he's doing the same thing and he sends his ships there and then you decide, okay, well now am I going to fight him? Mm -hmm. Like in our game, that was what happened. Like I, I immediately, 
my first my first play brought some recon ships in to try to accomplish this one objective that was kind of tight. Your ships were sort of over on this other side, and I was not actually planning on fighting you at all early. And then you brought in like two gunships right away, mm-hmm. and I was had to think about okay, now do I bring in my own force to confront that, or do I just try to hurry up and grab this and get out of there? And so you've wasted all this money on stuff and, mm. and I'm not even really fighting you. I'm just running around trying to grab things. You know, it's, it's interesting in that situation, right? Mm. Cause didn't know, uh, you didn't know what I was thinking, but mm-hmm. my initial thought was I only brought those units out to deter you from <laughs> bothering me. So inadvertently I escalated. That's right. You did. Right? You inadvertently, did. I escalated because to an actual you, conflict. That's right. Had you not brought those two gunships out, I would have left you alone. I actually though, I had to be fair. I was looking at your force over there initially, and I was thinking, hmm, I could bring in some stuff and send over there to try to destroy his, because he was so weak, uh-huh. right? But then I decided, I was like, ah, oh, forget it. I don't know, it's just, I'm going to bring a, I'm spend a bunch of money on that, and forget it. Mm-hmm. And then you brought the two gunships in, and they were, and they were like poised to come right at me. And I was like, well, now I can't just mind my own business. Now, now I've got to put something in here. And then I was thinking about, all right, so how much do I bring in? To counteract these two guys. I remember your first thought to you like went to negative nine or something. Yeah. Like brought your frigate in. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And you, that, that's a, I think at that point, it seemed like that point when you realized oh, I'm really negative. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I did that because I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to do this, I had, I, and I thought about it too. I was like, okay, how much is there on the board? Mm. What am I going to get from these? What? And you'd put yourself already down to like negative seven, seven right? So. I was like, well, okay, so the, again, and this is where you look at the spread, right? You're like, okay, well, I can go a little bit more negative than him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go a whole bunch more negative, but it's like I can go a little bit more negative and then bring some ship in that's going to be seriously, mm-hmm. you know, a bother to you right? yeah, and uh, scare you off from coming towards me. Now, I guess you could have had the op- opposite reaction too, like, mm-hmm. in, oh, well, now I'll bring in even more stuff but and escalate. But, but at that point... There is a point, too, where the in order for you to bring in another ship that would have been that much more of a threat over the frigate, mm-hmm. how much more negative were you going to need to go, right? Yeah. So um, It encouraged me to escape to another map. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which you did. Mm-hmm. and Although, no, not before I, I did move yes. up and blow up one of your gunships yes. off the bat. Yeah, you... Right, so... Yeah. And then that, really, then that really made it, so you had to leave, mm-hmm. so... But, yeah, no, it was... There was a lot of interplay in just that first turn. One turn. One turn when you're starting a game from where you start with nothing, Mm -hmm. right? You start with nothing on the board and no money. And we immediately got into this kind of bluffing game, like in figuring out how much I could bring and how, and you, you were thinking how much you could do to try to scare me off. And so, yeah, there was a lot going on already in that first turn. It was, so that was a very, pulled a lot of things out uh in a very short period of time which was was good basically jumped right into it so i i'd say it's very got a lot a very high level of engagement right off the bat and it's it's interesting in a whole lot of ways right like we already mentioned the uh, multiple scenarios which makes it very replayable Mm -hmm. also you know usually when i think of most games it's hard for a game to do a lot of different things at once either it's a a war game that concentrates a lot on the details of like the the conflict, you know, or it's a resource like economic game. You know, this one kind of does the the battle mechanics are are simple, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's there's facing facing does matter in this game, actually much more than I thought it would, mm-hmm. um, because the turn sequences you can pivot to any degree you want, although you can't use your primary weapons if you turn more than 90 degrees but you can pivot any way you want and then move like your distance you don't have to worry about turn modes or anything like that and there's a lot of things that you can do to like well there's a regular thing where you can do two moves um Mm. as part of the orders or you can um double the move so movement is not an issue Mm -hmm. really yeah and i i thought that that would mean that your facing really didn't make a difference but it does um, because you can easily change position with respect to the enemy. But so anyway, so you have the, the, the battle stuff and then you have the economy, mm-hmm. right. That you have to worry about. And that's, um, it does both of that. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. 
Yeah, and, and it's also has an interesting aspect, too, in that your ship's getting destroyed also, in a way. Uh, so there's there's two things. That, and one, one aspect of it, it makes no difference. Right? Yes, <laughs> right. There's no, there's no sense to preserve them yeah, because no, it doesn't affect your... It doesn't affect, like, a lot of space yeah. combat games, like, you lose ships and it's, oh, man, that... That's, there goes victory points. But your victory points are not directly tied to your ship survival in this game at all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So It's like they might as well be suicide. Yeah. So uh, as long as they can accomplish their missions, that's mm-hmm. all that matters. Yeah. And again, that sort of also goes towards the whole kind of the fluff being tied into the mechanics and the victory points mm-hmm. and that these ships aren't yours, right? You've just <laughs> hired them. You hired them to come in and do a job. Yeah. And if they lose their ships in the completion of the job, too bad, so sad, right? That's their problem. It's not yours. Uh, so I thought that was that was really interesting. That's what I I don't know of a starship game before like that. That you know, sort of your ships don't mm-hmm. matter very much at all to you. I mean, if I thought yeah. about it, I could probably think of some. But yeah, there's uh, no such thing as a fleet in being mm-hmm. because no one really has their own fleet. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean. In the fluff, it's the idea is that you have a galaxy full of like mercenaries and like all kinds of resources all over the place. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I thought um, it was that was interesting. Now, I, now indirectly, it does have an impact, right? Mm-hmm. And I think like in our game, as an example, like my ship blowing up your gunship, right? Because mm-hmm. then that sort of made your ability to confront me at things. Mm-hmm gets worsened immediately right so then you've got to think well do i bring in more points and all that so it, it indirectly does affect your victory points but especially if you can delay it right if you can delay your loss of ships to later in the game then it really starts to not matter right because if you lose every single ship you have on the last turn of the game but all the victory points have already been assigned You're right. who, who cares right <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter the combat system feels good enough for doing what you need it to do in this and it's it's the ships are durable enough they don't just pop right away but they're not super super durable to where you know nothing will kill them before the end like ships they seem to be in the right the kind of sweet spot of being vulnerable but still feeling like they have some durability mm-hmm. so i i like that i don't know overall i i enjoyed the mechanics i thought it was elegant the the fluff was evocative and brought out by the mechanics which is good you know it wasn't didn't feel like just a skin pasted on to a theme you know you know game mechanic that just pasted over with some skin which you have run into a lot like it felt integral to what was going on in the game and and advanced the theme so that all felt good to me do you have any other different thoughts on any of that or uh, i thought uh, it's worth mentioning in the mechanics itself uh how, how how some of it works where um i think central to the way the 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 combat works is this idea of the silhouette it has this number called silhouette and the smaller the number the harder you it is to hit and on the other side the more powerful the weapon tends to be uh the the bigger the die right so um, it sort of takes into account the difficulty of the target while at the same time making it so that like a higher die attack die is more difficult to deflect with shields. I'm not saying this very well, right? <laughs> but there's two things going on that mm-hmm. interact to do the right thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the, yeah, the, the bigger the die the easier it is for the smaller so it's basically which is sort of the bigger the weapon mm-hmm. the easier it is for the smaller ships to not be hit by it because right. there's a larger amount of numbers you could roll that would miss them mm-hmm. but if it does hit them and their shield number is generally going to be lower too mm-hmm. the harder it is for them to resist actually taking that damage yeah, their saving roll is, is more difficult yeah, yeah. which is yeah that is that was really uh, that was inventive and then you also well in something else that we didn't discuss in sort of the summary that is another aspect of this game that I think really gives you some flexibility on how your tactical options play out mm-hmm. is the command points that you can add to certain aspects mm-hmm. for the ships. You can make it so you put power to weapons or mm-hmm. power to shields or power to movement kind of things. And those all 
play out really well. I think they they do a good job on giving you an, an option to kind of boost your your stats where you want to boost them. At, you know, at particular times, and gives you some more tactical options. I think really helps the, also the combat feel more rich. Mm-hmm. And you're always going to feel kind of competent. You know, you don't because you can boost stuff to either take damage or deal it or move. Um, it always feels like you're able to do something. Mm-hmm. You're not stuck just uh, being a target. Yeah. No, I think I think so. What What are your thoughts on as far as the ships, like not having their own ship line? Or so at, my first thought was like, oh, you know, I like it when my my guy is unique, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm playing the Klingons, or I'm playing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, the the Rebel Alliance, mm-hmm. right? In in the ships don't match the other side. But I think it's a reasonable... Okay, so first of all, it fits, again, the game mechanic of not having that stuff mm-hmm. where everyone uses generic, like, Corvette. Makes sense because your source is not yours and you're just picking... Um, it, it, it's like it's like when the government has specs mm-hmm. for something and then someone provides you something with those minimum specs, <laughs> right? And that's what you're paying for. Yeah. Actually, you, that makes sense because in a way... It could make it could make total sense in the game too for you to have total like hodgepodge of different figures from different games that you're using. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Here's my my mercenary fleet from Alpha Centauri mm-hmm. coming in, and here's the other fleet coming in from you know whatever universe. <laughs> right. But their but their effectiveness, mm-hmm. you know, ends up being basically the same. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like okay, you meet our requirements for this mission. Right. Right. So at first I thought, eh, it's a disadvantage. It's going to make me less interested. But it didn't matter. Uh, and it was a reasonable sacrifice to make in order to make it easy. Right? Yeah. You don't have a long ship list that you know, you're going to be unfamiliar with because everyone's familiar with the same thing. Right. And one thing I liked about it is that if, let's say, for example, you have more than a couple of space games in your closet. Yes. It's like... Maybe I do. I'll <laughs> leave that to you to think about. Um, and you've got a bunch of games you haven't played in a while. Let's yep. you get some use out of those figures yep. that are just sitting around not doing anything. Not even collecting dust because they're stuck in a box that's collecting right. dust. Right? Yeah, the first time I used uh, my Eclipse. I don't know if you remember that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I used my Eclipse like reinforcement mm-hmm. plastic uh, spaceships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't, and that's one of the things I, one thing I worried about before we played this time was I kept saying, I'm not sure if we have enough ships. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if we have enough ships. Mm-hmm. Because even if, let's say, you're only going to use five, you end up only using five spaceships mm-hmm. of a particular class. The problem is, when you start, you don't know which five you're going to use. You're right, right. Are you going to use five little guys or five big guys? Yeah. So it's almost like you have to have a lot of, enough yeah. of everything. Yes, yes and no. I mean, you can, I mean, basically, we we were playing with, we had I brought out a bunch of old fighter different types from another mm-hmm. game and so that was three different types there and then this the kind of main ships the corvettes and all that yeah. from the other battleship game mm-hmm. but those could you know basically there was maybe three or four different types in there mm-hmm. not enough to cover the entire spectrum but you could use them as whatever right. you brought out right it's like well I could use this ship I'm bringing it out for the first time I'll use this figure and this game I'm going to say this is a corvette yeah fighter. yeah because they're mm-hmm. It's not WYSIWYG or anything. Right. You you can say whatever. You can just decide what it is. Right. But we did we did play a m- sort of recommended mid-sized scale three game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you played a larger game, I think you might run. Into yeah, yeah, I could I could see that. But I, I will say though, at the beginning again, that was something else. Because you were saying that, I was kind of like, oh, you know, doing a little eye rolling in my head of like, how many figures are we gonna need for this? I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, this is I brought out like twenty figures. What's mm-hmm. wrong? <laughs> that should be enough. Mm-hmm. Right now, it ended up being totally enough mm-hmm. um, so for that size, but uh, yeah, I could I could see how you'd have that concern from looking at those charts too, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh well, yeah, there's like ten different ship types on here, and we need to be able to to cover that. But certainly, I, you could really get into this game and make sure you've you know you've got it, got, yeah. you've got every yeah. kind of thing. This is what I use for this. This is what I use for that, and that would. That would totally probably be motivational too. You have your could have your whole setup all ready to go. 
so that's one of the things as far as uh, like value for your money with this, right? Is that's going to kind of depend, I guess, on what you think. I, to me, I think it's a really good value because all you have to do is buy the book and then you can mm-hmm. get everything else wherever you want to get it. Um, if now somebody might not like that because they, I don't want to have to, you know, if you're the type of person that's like, I don't want to have to go and hunt down a bunch of, you know, pieces and components to put together so that I can play this game. Maybe mm-hmm. that's not for you, but I don't, if you're but, at all, if you already of, have a big bag of dice from other games, yeah. a big bag of ships. I think <laughs> if you're the kind of person that is going to like this game, that's probably not a problem for you. Cause you probably have a lot of other games already. <laughs> that you could use, stuff from and and then if you like it you could get whatever economical option you want if you want to spend a little bit of money or if you want to spend a lot and go get a bunch of 3d printed special ships you could do that and it would work great so and there's a lot of different starship lines out there you could probably take advantage of so i think for the target audience that the kind of person that would like this game i think they they'd probably be fine with with having to get that stuff but you know it's up to you i given that i think the the value is is really great i think for what you're getting as far as a as long as you're willing to put a little bit of effort to put some of the stuff together right you gotta get a card deck and you know maybe you'll want to buy the extra decks of third-party stuff like you did but you don't have to yeah adds to the feel though i mean i I did like that once we put your cards out there like those (laughs) i mean to be frank those looked a lot better than if we just had the Queen of Hearts, Queen of Hearts or, and yeah. Jack of Diamonds and all that stuff just sitting out there with nothing to tell you what it was behind it, right? So so probably a little bit of like a print and play vibe as far as yeah. if, you know, it's going to be as good as what you make it look like or extra stuff you bring to it. They do have a lot of, on their website, they do have um, those play aids, like the uh, the thing that shows the turn order sequence, the CEO control form, um, even the scenario cards right they have a print and play and that's available for free the ones i bought were not free i I bought i bought them they're full color like large size format cards that are really nice okay and then i've kind of probably already i'm going to ask a question that we've sort of already said the answer to but who would you think this game is best for as far as you know hardcore gamers versus you know would you would you be able to play it with you know, family members or with less, uh, okay. less hardcore, you know, kind of more casual gamer it's interesting. friends. So my first thought is that because the, 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 the method of resol- resolving conflict is pretty simple that like a lot of people could play it, but I don't think that anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So first of all, whoever owns it or whoever is coming to the table with it, it's going to have to have all this stuff. You're going to mm-hmm. have to have, polyhedral die and you're gonna have to like because it doesn't come with it like you say it's not a set right mm-hmm. it's just the rule book so i've introduced the idea to s- some other people who like for for example things like the settlers of Catan mm-hmm. and like agricola mm-hmm. and those kinds of games and i don't think they would like this kind of game because it's 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 kind of unclear mm-hmm. what to do this i mean the victory points it's are not still stru- there. It's, not structured enough yeah it's not structured enough mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I think, well, there's that. I mean, there's always the aspect, too, of... Uh, and, and also, direct like, those games have less sort of direct conflict. Right, that's what I was going to say, yeah. And this is definitely that. <laughs> yeah. Now, some direct conflict games I can still... Like, I get my my wife and my kids to play mm-hmm. some of these games with me, and some of them are direct conflict games, mm-hmm. and that's that's fine. I do think this game is, is pretty, pretty far, I'd say, into the, the hardcore spectrum just because of probably mainly because of what you said because it's so unguided on what what you're mm-hmm. gonna do right so in addition to being a direct yeah. conflict also it has a lot of those concepts that to someone who plays a lot of miniatures games or war games mm-hmm. are very familiar mm-hmm. you know you roll for attack there's saving basically a saving throw right uh those kinds in like firing arcs mm-hmm. like it's not unusual at mm-hmm. all but it's definitely outside of the realm of people who play board games that don't have that, and there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I would say this game, to me anyway, is pretty solidly, and like I would only probably try to play it with my hardcore gaming friends that mm. uh, are familiar with miniatures games and 
And to them, I think this would be a refreshing change, right? Because mm. it's it's a miniatures game that you don't come with a pre-built army list for, and uh, you know you have to come with figures, right? <laughs> Somebody's got to come with the figures to, to play it. Um, so in that aspect, it's sort of like a it's more of like a board game once you have all the stuff, right? Mm. Uh, whoever's bringing it, as long as they've got the stuff. Um, I suppose you could have everybody be responsible for having their own fleet, right? So they come, you know, so then it'd be a little more like a normal miniatures game in that aspect. Usually, you know, you play a miniatures game, everybody has their own army, yeah. right? So you could treat this sort of that way, I guess, with your group of friends, but certainly don't have to. And when you show up, you're certainly not limited by whatever army list you would have started with, right? So I think that that would be different to most miniatures gamers than you know, the vast majority of their experiences. Uh, and the game's really clean and and elegant and this despite not having a really super thick rule book is, is pretty pretty clear on the the rules uh, that it that it does have how to how to do what needs to be done to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get those corporate bucks rolling in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, great. I did want to try to start talking about strategy with some of these games. This will be the strategy segment again huge caveat with this game and some of them you know the strategy is going to be based on our our thoughts on what we think is you know good strategy because we've really experienced gamers in general but you know with this particular game we don't have a whole lot of experience with it directly so it's a huge grain of salt with (laughs) strategy recommendations on this because We've only played this game. Maybe we can also tell you once. what not to do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or what seemed to be not working with what uh, our our in our game uh, what happened. So, since you are the veteran of this fine game, Headless B, I will let you say first what you think. Maybe some good strategy tips um, for this game. What do you think uh, might be some general approaches? Um, I think that. You always have to look at your um, your current uh, profit and loss because that's everything is a means to that end in that game mm-hmm. in this game. The other thing is that in the execution of that is be mindful of the auxiliary weapons, right, of your opponent because they could very e- your opponent could very easily concentrate or you could. Concentrate your uh, ships in a in a small group. Have lots of over overlapping, sort of a defensive screen, mm-hmm. right? And anything that moves into there is just going to get shot up. <laughs> That's like All right. I Which mean, is- you can do that. Use that to your advantage as well. I guess the disadvantage to that is that if you're concentrating all your ships in one place, right, then they're not able to go out and do many other things simultaneously, right? Mm-hmm. Which your opponent may choose to do. Yeah, some of that'll be reactionary, I guess, yeah. too, right? So yeah, yeah. depends on what your opponent's yeah. doing. Make use of the jump points, especially in the scenarios that expand the number of maps that you're playing on. Uh, the easiest way, probably, to get uh, obtain an objective is if you don't have competition for that objective. Mm-hmm. All right, that sounds good. You, anything else here? Uh, you know, I was afraid of buying the big ship, mm. and maybe I shouldn't have been right Mm. like maybe i'm not sure Mm. right but maybe don't be afraid of buying the biggest ship Mm -hmm. in your budget because it ended up (laughs) working quite well on me yeah yeah Yeah, that's no it did um well here i'll say what so here's some of the strategy i thought about when i Uh got that right i said i would earlier i mentioned and you brought it up again in your strategy advice too is looking at the spread, right? So mm-hmm. I looked at, okay, what's the maximum amount I can bring in mm-hmm. that will not put me in danger of not being able to get enough victory points to make it up and and help me be able to get enough of these victory conditions mm-hmm. to be ahead of you at the in the end, right? And I think uh, a general aspect of the strategy to that, from my point of view, would be also to, to do that as early as you might need it right because the longer you wait the harder it'll be for that to help you right right i mean it doesn't you pay the same amount to bring your forces in at the beginning right as it would if you bought it brought it in at the end and if you 
if the game is three turns, you pay the same amount to have a ship for only one turn at the end right. versus three turns at the beginning. Exactly. And, of course, the danger is you bring something in the unit up not needing and you wasted money on right. it, right? But as, as soon as you realize you're going to need something, you know, I, you've got to not hesitate in bringing it in, right? Which is the, citru- the approach I had to it with mm-hmm. us. And then also I looked at, okay, what is, is going to give me the maximal effectiveness against what you had brought in, right? <laughs> Which was, okay, so I looked, look and see how much damage can his ships take. Mm-hmm. My weapons, if I hit him with everything, will it kill him? Or do I have to shoot him twice to kill him, right? And I picked the ship that would be able to kill one of your ships in one salvo if I got, at least if I got lucky, right? Mm-hmm. And then the counter, right? Look, okay, what is this ship, how well is it going to survive? I looked at the range of, okay, am I going to be able to shoot at his ships from outside the defense? Because the other thing you got to look at is there, like you mentioned, the overlapping kind of fields of fire. And this game has a mechanic that when you, if you move in, you know, it's sort of the defender's advantage in this game. If you move into the defensive weapon range of the other guy, he gets to shoot at you first and then you get to shoot back. So if you survive, if, if you survive, right. Uh, <laughs> so you know, I looked at, okay, well, can I get something that'll let me shoot at him from outside his range? Because you had two ships mm-hmm. that both had decent guns. And if I could shoot from outside that range, I could shoot at you and just don't get to shoot back. And then does it have some good defensive capability of its own if you moved in? You know, compare, you know, really, what's really nice is if you get a set of ships that your ships have a defensive range that equals the offensive range of the other guy's ships. Because that means he cannot move in to attack you without you attacking him first mm-hmm. right so look at those types of things the the ship we found out like one of the things i ran into with the the ship that i bought that had the longer range that could shoot at you from outside is it also did have a minimum range though and there was like a window of space that you could move into where i couldn't shoot anything at you if you were able to do that so the other the other aspect you have to look at is a timing look at the you know how you can set the timing of things up because this game has a uh, back and forth aspect of mm-hmm. I, I move, you move, I move, you move. And whoever gets to decide that order sequence when it starts is the initiative, which you bid for. Uh, so it's another aspect of the game where you get to make some decisions on where you're allocating your limited resources, trying to figure out that timing of, okay, well, if I can end this turn in a good position and then grab the initiative next turn, can I set this up to... to you know, do the right thing for me for grabbing these objectives? Am I going to have time to grab this objective and get out of there before his thing comes in? There's lots of, there's lots of really neat options you can look at in this game as far, especially with the jump points and placing those. I'd say um, one of the most really helpful things for, and whenever, whatever game I'm playing, I always try to look at mass and maneuver like how do i bring the maximum amount of force to bear at the point of attack at you know at the right time like all all at once not not kung fu style right Right. it's a you know military concept you know overwhelming force at the point of attack right and one of the things that helps you do that in this game is the being able to use a command to move a bunch of your ships as a group uh as long as they're close enough together to, yeah, to, that, to be able uh, to do b- that. Yeah, both of us use this in this mm, game. Yeah. yeah. And I used it, like, in the very last turn of the game mm-hmm. to bring, a, like, pretty much everything I had on the map at mm-hmm. that point <laughs> into, into one big blast at the one of the objective right. ships at the end and just, you know, destroyed it a lot earlier than in the sequence of shooting at it. Right. In the beginning, I used it defensively. Right. right. To escape. To escape. Yeah, get away from my guys that were coming yeah. at you. Because if you move them one at a time, you can move one guy away, and then the other guy be there, and then I get to take my turn and move up and shoot right. him. So, yeah, that that's a really powerful thing mm-hmm. to use at the right time. Right. And, and I, it, it does depend on that. I mean, the ships do... In order to use this, you have to be in proximity with each other right. to use it, right? Yeah. You can't just do it. Yeah, which could be a danger in that if, because this mm-hmm. ship, all, this game also has where if your ship explodes, you can damage things next yeah. to you. Although that seemed really minor. It didn't really... Yeah, and it didn't it didn't come up happen. much in our game, but maybe in bigger games, in multiplayer games, mm-hmm. it would be more of a factor. Bigger ships have bigger, bigger explosions. That's we, true. We just had small ships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But man, I can't, I can't, 
like they have a like really big like a battleship as an option for you to get in this game. I cannot see how big man you got to be playing a big game with lots and lots of victory points at stake for you to spend the points on bringing that thing in because <laughs> it is a lot. I remember it was like forty points for the most expensive ship and like the things we were bringing in were like oh uh, yes to two, answer your, two three points <laughs> to answer your earlier question you can't it is not just a one player game now because now I remember this chart which I'm gonna look at right now. Well, I didn't ask you. It was a one-player game. I mean, <laughs> here we go. Multiplayer. Multiplayer. See, yeah, four players. Right. And this this sort of gives you the the total number of possible victory points you can get. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. from two to four players, which is I thought you'd said that to me yeah. earlier. I probably did and forgot. Yeah. All right. Mine's the first thing to go. Yeah. <laughs> As far as strategy on moving up, moving your units, or because one of the other thing I was going to say is that you have, like, you have in a lot of this, a lot of games, this alternating back and forth mm. movement mechanic, and in a lot of games, and like in this game that works, this works sometimes too, where you want to stretch out your moves, right? Make your opponent move his stuff first that's important to him, so you can then yeah. move after he's already. The player committed. with the initiative in this game gets to choose. Which player goes right first, and and in a lot of times with those types of games, if you can stretch out, like do your least important moves first, and you've got more ships than the other guy, or more battle groups in this game than the other guy, and you make, like I've got five battle groups and you got three, well I can delay by m- moving my three, mm-hmm. and then you have to have moved everything, and I still got two left that I can do whatever, and you can't. Respond. Yeah, and th- and that's actually that's another requisition. Um, decision that you make, right? Do right. I do I bring in three separate battle groups of one ship, or mm-hmm. do I bring one battle group of three ships? Cost the same, yeah. Right? Uh, doesn't cost the same. No- I mean, it doesn't cost the same in every way, yeah. Right? In victory points, yes, but um, you have to you would have to spend additional command points for the separate jumps, right? Um, and you also get and you get some defensive bonuses for being in a battle group. With multiple ships. Yeah. Well, and you get some offensive yes. advantages, too. You get some efficiencies from yeah. being in a single battle group versus split up. Mm-hmm. But but being split up gives you the advantages of being able to drag the other guy along, and yeah. you can go different places easier. Uh-huh. So that that's something to consider. But that, that works really well. But what I was getting at is that that aspect of the game is still in this game like it is in a lot of other games. Mm-hmm. But you also have the aspect of that sometimes it's better for you to be able to move everything all at once mm-hmm. and you know get the timing where you leap and pounce on the other guy at just the right time mm-hmm. and that's when you want to do these kinds of things where you group your your groups together into a big group uh so you just got to be able to look at the timing of those things and that it's it's good that this game has those options and lets you be able to set those kinds of things up and make those kinds of decisions and you know you can and you can do like you said set up overlapping fields of fire and that would also be an instance where you would maybe want to do that by moving a bunch of your ships at once, mm-hmm. get them all into position. So now you've set up the defensive fields of fire where he you gotta, can't... You create like a fence. Yeah, right? like a little wall that he can't get past now. And if he's got to move, if he moves in one at a time, all your things are going to get to shoot at him. So it's uh, it, you can get some really nice um, strategies out of that. Yeah. Another thing about the maneuvering is, as I said, the firing arcs did matter more than I thought. But not in the way that I thought they would, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost never. It's I can't. I can hardly think of a case where you couldn't ever. Someone you can't move into a position where the other guy can't shoot at you. Mm. But it will cost him to do so. Uh, they will have to spend command points. So, you know, it is. It is. It does matter. Yeah. Yeah. No, there is. There is definitely maneuver in this game, but not maneuver to the point where like the other guy can't. Even, you know, like you're on a six and he can't do anything to shake you, right? It's yeah. You can do stuff, you just make it more expensive for them yeah. by positioning yourself well. Yeah, that's a, that was a good good way of putting that. All right, well, that's most of my thoughts on uh, strategies and kind of my overall views of the game. My Overall, uh, I thought, I, I actually, I got to say, I enjoyed this game much more than I thought I was going to. So I, I thank you for being, being persistent. persistent in bringing this game up over and over again to the point of sickening me, <laughs> where you wore me down, and I was like, all right, fine, we'll play it. 
No, but uh, it was it was really good. It's very different. Uh, I certain I have not played another space or miniatures game that is like it, and it's it's well done. I think there's a lot of repeatability there. I think the probably the main drawback. And it's not necessarily drawbacks pro to some people, but I'd say the main drawback to it is that you have to do a lot of your own sort of work to get the the entire package together, right? And you, you could feel like you're playing with a bunch of little, you know, nickels and dimes and stuff instead of nice pieces, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, you can make it the nice experience for yourself. I'm sure you could there's probably lots of mm-hmm. lots of other third party stuff like you had, which definitely seemed to make it nicer. I I feel like if that you like this game, that it would be probably worth that investment and time to make that experience nice. I I probably could see myself doing that. I I really enjoyed this game, and I'll I will look forward to playing it some more. Actually, uh, so do I. All right, great. <laughs> any other final thoughts on the experience? Was your second game any different than you thought it would be? You know, I I. I didn't know what my second game was going to be like. I was pretty sure it was not going to be what my first game was like. I specifically was interested in seeing what you thought about the um, open spending mm-hmm. aspect of it. Uh, because my yeah. previous opponent didn't care. <laughs> I was sure you were not going to be like that. Yeah, no. I, I like Well, I was a part of the game I was most afraid of, actually. But that it would be not implemented well. But it was implemented well, so... Bravo to you, Mr. Hutchinson. Uh, Good job. Uh, All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And we will, you know, if we have an update for this game at some point in the future, we'll definitely do that. But uh, join us next time. We go over another game. And thanks for joining us.